0: Universe 7. And hey, we juiced up to Yo, Brinocchio, how's it go? It's your boy Jerry, the TR Expert Washington. I'm here at General Fitness Company Studio, and this is episode number 256 of the TR Expert Talks. Now, today we're going to go right into my origin story. Now, the reason why I'm recording this origin story is, well, partially I'm recording it because I want to be more tr- as transparent as possible. I want to be more transparent and give you real in depth look at who I am. I want, you to give you, I want to give you some real insight into who I am and maybe you can understand why I make these decisions that I do and you can understand why I say the things that I say and why I believe what I believe. Really, I want to provide you value because obviously, you know, it's good to have an origin story. It's fun to know more about the person that you've been listening to for a while and understand a little bit more about them because, you know, you almost feel like you know the person a little bit more. And you feel all personal and warm and fuzzy and stuff. But outside of that, I also want you to understand that I learned a lot just by recording this podcast. I actually learned more about myself than I've learned in probably the last five years because I actually sat down and heard myself talking about the decisions that I've made over time. And I got a chance after listening back to the episode, and I got a chance to audit myself. And I understand this one thing about myself now. I kind of understood that in the peripherals a little bit, but I kind of, I think I have more of a grasp of it. I really like to put myself into uncomfortable situations. In fact, I thrive in uncomfortable situations. However. Because I subconsciously recognize that, I put myself in some really sticky situations. And you'll hear about one of them in uh, my origin story. I didn't obviously give you the whole breakdown because I I didn't want to talk about myself for an hour. And who wants to listen about somebody's life for an hour? So I have one funny story about how I moved out to Philadelphia that I think that you really get a kick out of. You may even have a takeaway that you can apply to your own life. So anyways, before we get this episode, you know, I would really appreciate if you would share this podcast. It would mean the world to me. All you have to do is you can take a screenshot, you can put it up on your social media, tell your friends that you're listening to the Gentle Fitness Company cast and you're enjoying the thoughts from Jerry Washington, the TR expert, or you can do it this way. You can copy the link, you can send it over to your friends via text message or email if you're into that. Maybe send them a specific episode that you like and uh, tell them a little bit about it and maybe they'll be hooked. And that would be cool too because not only will that help me out, but that might help your friend out because your friend might learn something that they wouldn't have otherwise learned from one of my episodes. So I would really appreciate if you would share this podcast. I'd also appreciate it if you could take some time to leave a rating or review. If you're listening on iTunes right now, you can uh, scroll all the way down to the very, very bottom, and you'll see that it has a little thing that says ratings, and underneath that it will have a box. You can click on one of those. There's underneath the ratings. It has five stars. You can click anywhere between one and five, or you can click one, or you can click five. That's cool, too. And I would also appreciate it if you would leave a review, you know, write words and stuff. So, anyways, yes, now let's get into the podcast. <laughs> Episode number 256 of the TR Expert Talks Origin Story. Lego! Right. So today we're going to try to get into the origin story. Yeah, we're going to be talking about, well, we're going to give you the breakdown or so of my start as the trainer that you are hearing now. Yeah. So it's been a a, a little bit of a journey and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Talk about how I became who I am and maybe you can understand a little bit more about my thinking from this uh, here episode. So Um, It's long overdue, I've done a lot of episodes, I've tried to get a little origin story, I've given you bits and pieces, but I'm going to try to give you the whole shebang here in less than five minutes. We'll see if I can do it. I'm already almost at a minute here, so we'll see what we can come up with. So anyway, so look, I'm a military brat, born in Georgia, the state of Georgia, not the country. (laughs) I'm not Eastern European. But I was born in Georgia and I moved shortly after I was born to Hawaii. From there, my mom, she decided that she wanted to get out the military and raise me as like you know, a homeschool kind of kid. So I was essentially homeschooled until the age of four and a half, and then my mom went back in the military. She she ended up going off to Japan, and when she went off to Japan, I ended up moving to Rhode Island. Now, when I, we moved to Rhode Island, it was an interesting uh, move because my mom was still in Japan, and my dad had to go to school. So what happened is that I ended up having to live with my aunt and uncle, or my aunts and uncles out in Rhode Island, and my, on my dad's side. So me and my dad, we jumped in a car after we flew from Hawaii, because you can't drive from Hawaii, but we jumped in the car when we, uh, we landed in L.A., and we drew, drove cross-country from L.A. to Rhode Island. That was a crazy drive. He actually even let me drive. Well, kind of. You know, he pushed the gas, and I was steering. <laughs> yeah, I guess anything to keep you entertained when you're five years old, right? So I ended up going to Rhode Island. I turned, had my fifth birthday in, in Rhode Island. I went to kindergarten there. I was a, one of those kids that was a little bit advanced, at least for those schools, Like where my Aunts and uncles live are, is in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. That's one of the highest welfare-receiving cities in, or towns, I guess, in the country. It's 40,000 people, and pretty much 90% of the people receive welfare there. So, uh, needless to say, the education system wasn't the best. But uh, I had fun there, learned some cool things about like living in the hood, more to, more or less. You know, we had times where we didn't have toothpaste, and uh, we <laughs> we had the you know the stereotypical. Generic peanut butter and corn flakes that literally said corn flakes. I don't know. I can't remember what they were called, but it was the white box with the black letters that said corn flakes. It was the most generic flakes you could get. So uh, I lived off of that, and then uh, we moved back to my, with my parents uh, when I turned uh, before I turned six. I was there for about nine months, and then before I turned six, moved to Texas with my parents, and uh, that was about the time that my parents kind of the, their their marriage started going awry. You know, things weren't going right in my dad's life, and my mom was kind of going in a different direction, and so they separated. So when they separated, my mom ended up moving to Tennessee. She was still in the military. Both my parents were military, so she was still in the military. She, she moved to a base in Tennessee. My dad stayed in Texas, and he pretty much stayed there for uh, quite a while until he moved back with his family in Rhode Island uh, when, I, when I was in high school. So uh, we stayed in Tennessee for a little bit. It was there for sixth and seventh, and I believe yes, and eighth grade, and a little part of ninth grade. And then from ninth grade, I moved to Anchorage, Alaska. It was a little bit of ninth grade. It was the first. It wasn't even the first half. I moved right before the uh, midterms in ninth grade, so I remember having to take my midterms early and that wasn't fun. And then on top of that, I found out I was moving to Alaska, so that was also not fun. (laughs) But I ended up having a really good time in Alaska, the land of the midnight sun. Yeah, We had uh, some interesting times, that was actually uh, one of the first times I've seen heavy snow because I had lived in Hawaii and Texas and uh, Rhode Island. Yeah, I guess we had some snow there, but I lived there during the summertime, so I didn't really see a ton of snow. Yeah, but you know, obviously in Anchorage, Alaska, it's a whole different level of snow. So that was fun that i seen uh, the, all that snow and seeing the mountains. I've never really had seen uh, mountains like that. Well, I guess in Hawaii, we saw mountains, but they, you didn't see snow-covered mountains. So It was a little different. Those mountains were different. And I actually had a good time, like, getting to know, know people that, you know, live off the land, you know, and out, right outside of Anchorage, it's a whole different animal. So I got a chance to meet a lot of people in my time before I actually got off to college. I've, you know, I lived in the hood. I lived in a military base, and military base is kind of like a, it's, it's a different style of living. You know, when you live in a military base, everybody's kind of upstanding citizens. You obviously, you don't see like trash on the streets and stuff like that. Everybody, You know, you can, you can imagine what it's like to live on a military base. Everybody's kind of like doing what they should be doing more or less. You know, you don't really see people doing anything crazy uh, like drinking and driving or anything like that. I guess every once in a while you might see that. But for the most part, you don't really see too much going on because of the fact that it is a military base. So I lived in a hood and I lived almost in like a sheltered community. And then I moved off to Minnesota where I went to college at Gus Davis Adolphus College. And that was an interesting uh, brand of living there. I, <laughs> I was one of the only black people that gradu- from my graduating class. Uh, everybody was like from, in Gus Davis, a lot of people were from like farm town and stuff like that. Yeah, we had some, uh, quite a few people from the city too, but I would say probably about 60 to 70 percent majority were uh, people from very small towns. So that was an interesting uh, brand of living too. So I got to to see a lot of ways to live life. You know, the hood life, got a chance to live in a Almost like a gated community, so to speak. Actually, we did have gates in the uh, to get on the base so it was more or less a really big gated community. And then I lived in kind of a, a rural town, more or less. So I got to see it all before I moved uh, here to Philadelphia. Now, funny story. I've told this story a few times, but I moved to Philadelphia kind of on a whim. And I like the and uh, the reason why, why I still don't know the reason why I'm out here in Philadelphia. <laughs> but I think about how I came out here, and it was for the most weirdest reason. I mean. Uh, before I actually left college I didn't have a job so before I walked across the stage I talked to the career counselor with like maybe a month left in school we, she had set up a couple interviews but they're all with like sales jobs and stuff like that And I don't know if you uh, are familiar with the history of our great nation or the recent history of our great nation but Back in 2002, 2003, 2004, that was was the time when people stopped getting jobs uh, straight out of school. So it was like a lot of the jobs that were available were like jobs you kind of didn't really need a college degree for. However, that was kind of the only jobs that were uh, available for a lot of people. So that was was what my career counselor pointed me towards. I didn't like any of those jobs, so uh, I kind of just winged it for a little bit. And literally three days before school was out, my career counselor called me up and she said, hey, one of my friends started a school out in Philadelphia, and uh, they want you to help with the counseling program. So I was like, oh, cool. So I moved out here. The guy said it was ten for the summer. I was like, ooh, $10,000, that's quite a bit. So I literally moved out here on a whim. I got my suitcase, I got a trunk full of my clothes, and I drove my Pontiac Sunfire from Minnesota to Rhode Island just for a little bit to you know hang out for the summer and make a couple bucks delivering pizzas before I made the final move to Philadelphia. And so I moved to Philadelphia, and I ended up living in this <laughs> I lived in a church, and I saw my first mouse. That was freaky. Uh, but I lived in a church for like three weeks while I tried to figure out where I was going to move. And I got my first paycheck. My first paycheck was six hundred bucks, and I was—I still remember—it was six hundred and twenty-eight dollars. And I was like, "What?" And I talked to the, the 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 guy that ran the program. He was actually a pastor, and I was like, "Hey, uh, this doesn't seem right." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you get the rest of your check next time because you came in. I, I, apparently, I came in like." Late or something like that. I don't know what he was saying. I can't remember it, but I, just, I was just furious about the fact I had a $600 check. And uh, so I waited to the next check and the next check, lo and behold, was like 780 I was like, whoa, hold on. This, does not, this is not going to equate to 10000 for the summer. So I talked to the pastor and he's like, 10000 No, $10 for the summer, $10 an hour. I was like, wait, what? I moved out here to Philadelphia for $10 an hour? And he was like, yeah, I kind of wondered about that. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, most people would wonder about that, right? You should probably clarify that, right? So I ended up moving to Philadelphia for a job for $10 an hour. Uh, I promptly quit that job, kind of got fired. Uh, I don't want to talk about it, but it (laughs) it didn't work out. Let's put it that way. And so I ended up uh, folding clothes at the Gap for a little bit while I tried to figure out what the hell to do with my life. Because I knew it was the reason to be out here in Philadelphia. And I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm determined to figure it out. And in that time, I found uh, one of my good friends now. He's actually a guy that ran track with me in college. His name is Jerome Robinson. And he found me. We talked. And he said, hey, you know, you should run track. So I was like, I never thought about running track. You know, I was kind of, I felt like I was done. And I ended up running track. We uh, ended up doing some pretty big things, traveled around, did some track meets, uh, got paid, you know, it was pretty cool, ran against uh, one of the sensations of the time, Maurice Green, he had broken a couple of world records, so that was cool, got a chance to run at Penn Relays, which is something not, not everybody gets a chance to do, should check it out online, it's actually a really cool thing, a lot of uh elite athletes or elite runners end up running in the pen Relay, so that was cool that I got a chance to do that. But in the meantime, I was running track and folding clothes at Old Navy and trying to figure out how I could pay my rent because now I went from $10 an hour to $8 an hour, and I was running low on funds, and I was now starting to work on my credit card. And I guess I could have probably tried to figure out how to flip things and stuff like that, but that wasn't on my mind. I was really kind of in survival slash panic mode. And I was just like, okay, I was just really trying to work my uh, work my network and figure out how I can get a better job rather than uh, flipping stuff. I, I, you know, Looking back, I probably could have did a little bit better job, but you know, everybody looks back, hindsight is twenty twenty. But anyways, so in creating my network while I was here, I ended up finding uh, a person that also ran track with, uh, against me. And we ended up teaming up later on, but he ended up getting me a job in a middle school, and I technically was not qualified for the job, but you know I guess I was charming enough where I got the job. And the job, it was uh, a lot better than what I was doing. I was ended up. It was 2004. Yeah, so it was a year into me being here in Philadelphia, and I ended up getting a job that paid me 34 for the year. And not only that, I actually worked a school schedule, so I worked like a teacher. I worked from 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. every day. (laughs) Not only that, I had summers off. That was like the most cushiest gig I've ever had. I wish I could still do that, but... I actually left that job because it wasn't challenging enough for me, it was challenging in a way that was actually affecting me adversely. I was like unhealthy, it was like there was so much negativity that I just couldn't handle it. You know, I was like a young guy and I wanted to really save the world and I took a lot of the problems on personally, I think, and it just wasn't the right fit for me. It was, it, like I said, it was a cushy job, but like the people that I ran across, they were so down, you know, and being in that situation day in and day out really took its toll on me and I started gaining weight and I started like... Uh, Uh, just feeling not so great about myself. And although I was making quite a bit of money for the time, you know, $34,000 and, you know, I was still working at Old Navy because I still needed to pay back some bills. I was doing pretty good for myself. And then, um... Jerome, my friend that introduced me to the track team, he had stopped running track as I had, and he said, hey, you know what? I actually started personal training at this place called Platoon. And Platoon's actually a pretty good gym around here. They've actually won some awards for best of the main line, and they've been around for over a decade now, probably two decades now. So I actually learned how to personal train from Platoon, so kudos to them. Uh, They taught me quite a bit. I was very young and immature at the time, so I didn't really grasp the ideas that they were giving me at the time. Uh, I wish I was working there now. Well, I don't wish I was working there now because I'm glad what I'm doing. But I wish I had the opportunity to work for them uh, later on in life when I had a little little bit more of a concept of responsibility because I think I would have really excelled there and we would have really grown that company. But everything happens for a reason. So I I left there, ended up going to LA Fitness, and that was definitely not a good fit for me. I realized that uh, I learned so much at Platoon. I had advanced. I mean, I I went to LA Fitness because I only worked at Platoon for two years. But the, the time that I was there, I worked a lot of hours. I worked probably... Uh, 40 hour weeks and that's a lot for personal training most personal trainers won't train 40 clients in a week so so that was a pretty good experience and it actually brought it brought me a lot of knowledge that I wouldn't have normally gotten through books cuz I didn't really I'm not really a trainer that learned through the books I mean most of my certifications I hate to say but they're lower level certifications but the experiment, experience that I have is way more than your typical trainer I mean I'm 10 well I'm 13 years in now maybe even 14 now and I have probably Over 35,000 hours of training. Now, most people probably have closer to 10 to 12, but like I said, I've been working 40 hour weeks since 2006. So, (laughs) 40 hour weeks since 2006, you extrapolate that, and I don't really take vacations that often, and that equals about 35,000 hours. Maybe you're leaving a little bit more than that now. So, I learned a lot, and I decided that after I left LA Fitness, I was going to try to start a fitness company on my own that was kind of similar to Platoon they did outdoor fitness you know boot camps and they did personal training and they didn't really use a lot of machines so I, I like that, that that philosophy in training and I tried to replicate that with boot camps and I didn't have the, the, the cash flow yet to actually start with a uh, brick and mortar so I just did outdoor training and I went to people's homes and I Realized that I didn't have the network yet, so I ended up joining another gym, which was a local gym called Aquatic. Now that gym was a, a that, that gym was probably the best gym around this area, obviously beside mine. Uh, but that's a gym, and this is a personal training studio, so I would still have to uh, classify them as the best gym. And they, they taught me a lot about customer service. Now Platoon taught me a lot about training and dealing with my individual clients, and Aquatic actually taught taught me about like professionalism and being a good trainer for everybody. Now, Platoon, I was a good trainer, but at aquatic they taught me how to deal with just about any person that would come in there in terms of a uh, charisma and personality and uh, just, you know more or less from a sales standpoint standpoint because you could be a great trainer but if you can't sell yourself to people then it's really hard to actually get <laughs> get clients so at platoon it was good because they had built so much of a brand that pretty much clients were coming in to me and when they came to train with me, they realized how, how awesome the training was and I didn't have to do any sales. And when I went to Aquatic, that wasn't the case because it was a gym and not a, a personal training studio like, uh, uh, like Platoon was. I wasn't getting fed clients and I had to really work on my sales. So that's where I learned how to uh, do a little bit more selling and I learned how to do a little bit more convincing of my clients or potential clients. So I, I really appreciate that experience and after Aquatic, I ended up making my way over here to General Fitness Company and it was uh, it was it, it was, the beginning was uh, it was wild because I have to admit that I didn't leave on the the best terms. I kind of wanted to do my own thing, and the only way I at the time, you know, as I, again hindsight is 2020. The only way I saw myself being able to do my own thing was by just simply not telling my clients. And I said, like I said, hindsight is 2020. It's probably not the best way to do it, but I simply just said uh, to my boss, "Hey, I'm leaving." and the reason why I didn't tell my clients is because I just didn't want to have any animosity uh with the business. I didn't want to have them say that I stole any clients. I didn't want them to come after me for any anything. So I just thought that was and it, you know, maybe was the best way to do it. I don't know, but I feel like I'm good enough that I could get clients wherever I go, however however I train and so far it's been pretty successful. And I didn't like I had a couple of clients that followed me over that were uh, upset that I left. They were like, "Uh, we coming with you, Jerry. <laughs> you ain't leaving us here." And so I have probably about three or four clients that came with me, but after that, it's just been me just grinding hard, really getting myself out into the neighborhood, endearing myself with the neighbors, really trying to, as you've heard in a lot of my episodes, I've been getting in with the fire department, I'm on the uh, executive board for the Ardmore Initiative Association, that's essentially the association that deals with uh, the improvements and the events that happen on, around the mainline area, uh, spe- specifically Ardmore, because it's called the Ardmore in- Initiative. So. I'm on the board. I'm an entrepreneur now. Uh, I'm working hard. He's here. I'm recording podcasts, putting out uh, daily emails, got a blog, a, web, a website, GeneralFitnessCompany.com. general fitness company dot com. So I'm, I'm doing it all right now. And then I'm. Uh, but what really interests me and the reason why I started my own thing, because obviously I could have stayed at Aquatic and I could have made from some pretty decent money. When I left, I was almost making six figures. But the reason why I ended up leaving is because I, well, Obviously, I wanted to do my own thing, but more so than that, I wanted to really test out what it's like to implement my own ideas and see them through. Now, I'm not the best at planning. I have to admit, that's not my thing, but I plan on creating a team that can help me with that. That's why I'm going down to get my sister. Uh, she can help me with that. She I, I, I have no idea what her strengths are because it's been a while since we've really been close. So that was kinda also part of the reason why I wanted her to, wanted her to come down or come up with me because it's, you know, it's been a while since we've actually been close, since I left home when I was 17, actually. So... I thought it would be good that we live together for a little bit, get close and have her help me out, and I help her out. Now, my sister, she's actually coming up here uh, not only to help me, but she's also coming up here because she's trying to make some connections in the D.C. and New York area, because her thing is videography, and I think that she'd fare a lot better here in Philadelphia than in where she is now in Augusta, Georgia. I mean, you, I mean if you're good, I suppose you can succeed everywhere, but if you have the opportunity to get out there and get your face and get your material seen by, you know, more people, I would say, you know, I would take that opportunity hands down because at the end of the day, life's all about exposure and, and you know, you could be great, but if you're great in a vacuum, it doesn't really matter if you're great or not, right? So we're, we're helping each other out. We're hoping that uh, we can figure out a way that we can both succeed. I think that we're going to be, we're, we're both pretty smart people, so I really have a really positive outlook for what's going to happen in the next couple of months. But that's essentially my life story. That is the origin story. That's how I started off and, I, and we brought it all the way to today. So that's pretty much what I you know what, what I've been doing since birth <laughs> and that's uh, you can kind of get where I get my my beliefs and ideals you know I pretty much have seen a lot you know from the hood to the the rural and everywhere in between and I've had my I've had to make friends in a lot of different places that most people probably haven't had the opportunity to get into so uh, I think what I can't remember if it's Drake or whoever said oh no it's Meek Mills he's a Meek Mill he says that he can go in the hood or he can go he's welcome anywhere in any neighborhood it's something like that, I'm paraphrasing, but I feel the same way. I can pretty much go into the hood and I'm feeling good. People talk to me. I can go into a fancy party, and people love me just the same. And it's because you know I've had my experience in trying to fit in in just about every single environment on this planet. Oh, I forgot. I also lived in Spain for a year. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I did a little study abroad there, and then I went back a little bit later on, and I hung out for a little bit. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've been doing it up all over the world. So, yes, I've had my fill in trying to uh, fit in in every place, and I've been pretty successful, I have to say. So it, it's kind of funny. This is the first time I actually sat down and told my life story and really i'm kind of impressed (laughs) now i'm pretty sure there's people out there that have done a lot more and are doing a lot more with their lives now but the reason why i want to tell this origin story today just so i can be on the record is you know letting you know who i am you know because i felt some type of way i was like man i've had all these episodes and i haven't had one that's really been a true origin story to give you a idea of who I am and who this person is talking on the other side of your radio or your earphones or wherever you're listening to this or, or however you're listening to this. So anyways, uh, that is me. That is my origin story. I really do appreciate you listening whenever you're listening, whether it be morning, afternoon, or evening. I hope you're having a good one. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And as always, keep good company.